0: Welcome to the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast, featuring Ted Ings and his distinguished guests. Each week, you'll gain valuable insights to level up your game in retail automotives' fixed operations. This episode is brought to you by BG Products, partners beyond products. And now, here's Ted Ings.
1: Welcome back to the 80s at the Fixed Ops Roundtable. Brian Kramer is with us. He's the Executive Vice President at Cars.com and the General Manager at Accutrade. Brian, welcome back to the Fixed Ops Roundtable. Thanks so much for having me. Brian, the work you're doing right now is so timely in our industry in so many ways. You wrote an article a few months back that I have been captivated by, how to appraise a car virtually anywhere. And I know uh, you recently did a presentation on myths that are out there. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what's happening right now with the market and with Accutrade and some of the things that you're uh, they are working on.
0: Well, I'll say there's a, there's a few com- similarities. So I'll, I'll give you a few examples referencing back to that article. The, the premise of that article was, why are we willing to pay more at the auction and at the auction lane from clients, vehicles that we haven't serviced? They, we don't know the vehicle history. We don't know the client. It's not our client. And we pay our own clients less at the service drive or at the curb than we're willing to pay for a complete stranger's vehicle that we don't know the vehicle history on. And we don't know, hasn't been serviced in our dealership. So I think that that's kind of crazy. And it kind of ties into the myths of that same, those same biases exist when acquiring cars off the service drive can't tell you how many, how many dealerships as I go across the country. And I deal with some of the best and, and most amazing and, and it's extremely ex- inspiring. But I think that there's, there's a lot of dealers that want to do the right thing, but they have this blind spot in, in the back of their mind. And they, I don't think that they see what I see because of traveling all over the place and seeing how other people do it. And I'll give you an example. As I walk into dealerships, you know, I'll say, hey, I don't, you know, if, if you want me to go out and they're sale all over that customer, there's a customer out there not being greeted because for, after 26 years in retail, it's one of those things that I just can't take, you know, like doesn't I'm going to greet somebody even if I don't work there and they're like no that customer is just in for service. Um you know, it's a dichotomy because they're in for service because they like trust respect the dealership most likely. They like the service advisor. They have a connection. There's some retention there. The, the probability of selling them versus a stranger off the street is significantly higher, but we don't approach our own clients with the same passion and vigor that that we approach a complete stranger that submitted an internet lead that's already researched the invoice and has all and compared you to how many other dealers comes in armed and loaded for a long negotiation versus just taking care of our own clients that are already coming through the drive that that are already highly engaged. I say that's one. <clears throat> the second thing is the interest rates conundrum that's going on right now. You know, in Q3, rumor is it's gonna be another 50 basis points. And I know you and I've been in the business a long time. When I got into the business, eight point one five was the buy rate, and everybody was getting eleven percent, and it wasn't weird, and nobody thought anything of it. Yet, to, you know, right now people are losing their minds just because we're going through that transition. And all the people that are at two or three percent, their leases are coming up, or their their loans—they have a four hundred dollar a month payment. The average payment now is in the seven hundreds, approaching eight. So it's a little bit of sticker shock. So wow. telling a client. You know, what if we could keep your payment the same with little or no money down? That doesn't work anymore. It's not sincere. It's not authentic. It's not genuine. And that's one of the myths. And then a lot of people go, well, you know, service drive acquisition doesn't work at my dealership. But it mostly comes down to that in my experience.
1: You know, interesting you say that. And going back to something you said earlier, there is a mindset about these vehicles, buying them at auction, as opposed to the vehicles that we have with our customers right at our dealership, who's You know, service the vehicle with our store. We have the service records and so on and so forth. What are you seeing out there? Because all of these factors are indicating that, uh, you know, it's going to be tougher, you know, to get into a a vehicle new or used. And it looks like more people will be coming in for having their vehicle serviced over the next couple of years.
0: Well, as I'm going around the country and asking everybody, because I was in retail at the tail end of this, or or I guess maybe more the genesis, I was at the tail end of watching uh, the 1% or half a percent leases being grounded and the lease penetration in many cases going from like 38 to 40% with some OEMs down into the teens. And some makes are are in the double or in the single digits. So that that's really going to, it's not so much today, but a year from now, two years from now, the units in operation, the the impact that they'll have UIO. I don't think that everybody's thinking about it, and how hard it's going to be to acquire used cars. And, and you're going to have to figure out how to acquire them with minimal risk. So like you said, you know what the service history is and you don't have to worry about, you know, is there going to be a misfire? Is there going to be a catalytic converter missing? Or all of those things, because it's already physically there. <clears throat> you have a a much lower risk model. That's the first thing. The second thing, which is a bright spot for, for dealers, general managers, fixed ops directors, anybody in the fixed ops department, is when i'm asking dealers so what are these clients doing at the end of their lease are they buying them out or are they trading them in or are they selling them to you know a used car uh, acquisition you know online retailer they said there's a little bit of all of that but for the most part they're buying them out they're extending the term for a long period of time and they're finding that they're maintaining the vehicles a lot more diligently because you know when when you're leasing a vehicle some people skip their a service so they skip their b service they're not as it's not as big of a deal but when you're going to keep that car for seven eight years or in many cases they're doing seven year eight year loans, they're committed to that vehicle for a while. They're going to maintain it a lot more a lot more efficiently.
1: So you've talked about the importance of addressing these issues within the dealership and you mentioned the clarity needed for dealership dealership staff to, to be involved with an off site appraisal process. So Brian, how do we how do we appraise a car virtually anywhere? What do we do? What are what are what are the things that dealers need to be looking at right now to get in the game? Okay, that's a great question.
0: I would look at it just like like a risk management company would come in and assess your level of risk and exposure at a dealership. So, what causes people to be risk averse or conservative on quoting an appraisal value? A lot of it is they they'll uh, you know they want pictures, they want to touch it, they want to feel it, they want to you know drive it, and they want to you know all the things that everybody wants to do when they appraise a vehicle. Well, the reality of it is now is that's going to happen. Once the client comes in, it's basically just validating and doing a multi-point inspection, which the technology is there where almost anybody can do it as long as it's all interconnected. But what I find is that most dealers aren't willing to empower and enable their people. Right. And they're not willing to let them do that upon arrival. And what was an epiphany for me when I was in retail, <clears throat> Wendell Hardy, who's now the GSM of Jermaine Toyota, we were walking across from the used car building to the new car building. And I stopped for a second and I said, I want you to take a, take a look at something right now. I go, that service valet, is doing an MPI with an iPad, walking around, we don't, and we write 4,000, you know, the 4,800 ROs a month, and we don't have any issues, maybe one or two a month out of all of those ROs. Right, right, And they're not trained appraisers. They're going around, but they're just doing what they're supposed to be doing, but we won't trust our salespeople to do that, and we pay them 10 times more. So I'll, I'll tell you, because I used Alex Olvera, who's the gentleman I'm talking about as an example, because he appraises sixty cars a month now and sells fifteen cars a month, acquires fifteen to eighteen cars a month, and he was promoted one year ago this month into the service drive acquisition team, but that's actually what the career path was and he said, "You know what I guess I've never really thought about that. I go, we trust them to do it that many times. There's no difference, and it was just one of those paradigms that it's a bias that was stuck in our head.
1: it is a bias, there's no question about it so Talk to us. Give us maybe a few more some real world examples of how you're addressing this with these acquisition teams at the retail level with AccuTrade and things that you've helped dealers put in place to help acquire acquire vehicles.
0: So I'll I'll give you a couple of dealership examples here in a moment. But before that, you know, there's always this conundrum, and I know I'm preaching to the choir. Service is charging me too much for internal. Why can't they discount their labor rate? Why is the parts, you know? Parts, is, they're not doing anything. Why are they charging me so much? When in actuality, I think we both know that there's a lot to it. And, you know, I used to spend a lot of time trying to get aftermarket parts and, and all the energy that's expended into that. But what we're seeing now is, is in, a, in the small, you know, few examples that we've used, is that the average variance between what the used car manager estimated for recon and what the actual recon is. And I'm not talking about packs and detail and fuel and all the things that go into it. Just the we think it's going to cost this much, and it was this much, but eighteen hundred dollars in variance. So as everybody's arguing about a hundred dollars here and hundred dollars there, why not fix the eighteen hundred dollars of, of of error when you're saying that tires on a Audi a twenty one inch Audi wheel are a hundred dollars a tire, and that's just not reality. And they're like, oh, service is killing me, four hundred dollars a tire. Well, that's you know, there's a margin in tires. There's no it's margin, not like it's Zero. a profit center. But nobody really knows that so that's one thing that we're really helping dealers out with is being able to take a slow down a little bit take a little bit more time and actually look at the dtc codes it embeds into our appraisal tool so it's in one spot it it educates the the used car managers or the salespeople whoever's appraising it because they don't know what a dtc code of p1604 you know it's a check engine light when it actually that's a battery or startability issue they'll did up two grand and then they miss the trade and they don't acquire it because it's risk averse. Well, what if it's worse than that? Why not just be accurate? And that's the first thing. So in an example of dealerships, a couple of things that we're doing is we're at scale sending out on the appointment reminder, a link goes to our website. We give it attribution. How many cars did you appraise? How many of those did you win? On every service appointment reminder and every message from the service director, thank you for your business. So, those two things. We're also, we built a model for QR codes, which now our tool will, is it has a QR code generator for dedicated campaigns, win back campaigns at, for, from a URL. But it doesn't just tell you how many people visited, how many people appraised the car, how many people showed up, how many people actually traded their vehicle in or sold it to you. So, we automate all of that so they don't have to have four more spreadsheets to do it. And Peter Bulware Toyota in Tallahassee is appraising four to 5,000 cars a month now. Ninety-five percent of their ROs get appraised. They get a team of four, in addition to the acquisition team, and more. More important than that, they're now we also have a record. So if a client leaves a month later and said, "You know what? I do want to. I do want to come back in it, or I do want. I'm thinking about trading my vehicle." They don't sure. have to say, "Hey, when can you come in?" They have the record right there. They can look at it, all the diagnostics. Easy to, get, you know, and they can work their deal right from there, and it saves the client's time and it saves the dealership associates.
1: You've talked about, you know, these appraisals, you know, being able to do this. This is the key to I think if I'm quoting you right, you said tripling the amount of physical appraisal opportunities. These are opportunities for the dealership. Obviously, it's a numbers game. Brian, is it difficult to get this started in a dealership if the dealer has the commitment and the mindset that, look, this is what we need to do and be proactive right now here in the middle of second quarter 2023?
0: It's not difficult, but it is, it is a challenge if the expectation that you're talking about at the top doesn't match the execution and the empowerment and the enabling and the front lines. And when that client shows up, if those two are not in sync, the client immediately detects that and they go, yeah, there's, oh, okay, this is just another gimmick. And then it doesn't work. So no matter how great the technology is or you know, how integrated it is, it always comes down to people.
1: So part of what you do is is that people, is that training in, you know, in terms of implementing this process and educating them and showing them what they need to do?
0: Yes, and the simplicity of it is, you know, I, I came up on the, uh, you know, I started as a service advisor, I mostly came up on the variable side. And as, I, as I'm coming up, it was, the word track for years was, you know, What's my trade worth? Well, you know what? That's a great question, by the way. Do you want that in a two-wheel drive or a four-wheel drive? Well, I just want to know what my trades worth. Hey, you know what? There's a lot of factors, color, miles, the condition, and and it would just keep ping-ponging back and forth. Whereas now the technology is, what's your cell phone number? I'll text it to you right now, and you'll know in about two minutes. And it'll be a guaranteed number that will write you a check for whether you buy a car from us or not.
1: Wow. Yeah. Wow. Strong. Powerful. What are the results you're seeing? And you mentioned the one dealer in Tallahassee. What are you seeing with dealers who are embracing AccuTrade now and have been on the platform for some time?
0: We're seeing anywhere from, you know, it's a win based on the RO count, right? So, you know, anywhere from 8, 10, 20 acquisitions to, you know, hundreds of acquisitions. But what we're seeing across the board is higher margins on used cars, not because you're having a discount labor or because you're, you know, doing any creative accounting or anything like that, just because it's, it's more organic business and you have more data to make better decisions. You're not buying a car at the auction and having the vehicle show up the next day. And then all of a sudden the internal recon manager said, Hey, I've got some bad news. And then you realize why it's been at the auction two or three times in six months, <clears throat> you know, because it's, uh, there's some surprise that came up. The other thing is you're not paying all the money for a high market day supply car that is not as desirable the most desirable the scarcest the the vehicles that everybody wants are coming through your service drive and those people haven't thought about getting rid of their vehicles because they love them
1: everybody we're talking to brian kramer he's the executive vice president at cars.com the general manager of accutrade brian i couldn't help but notice i think it was last month maybe towards the beginning of april i saw on linkedin that you paid a visit to our good friend in st augustine florida ed roberts and you were at the dealership talk to me about you know he's got a very unique proposition there and that he's running i believe it's 10 or 11 mobile service vans for the dealership doing a lot of work with these two-person teams doing it off-site they're very well booked can a process like this work there and and help a dealership who has that set up already
0: i'm working with that on that that's the perfect litmus test i mean I've never seen a dealership that writes that many repair orders in any major metro market. And he's in a population of 14,000, almost writing that many ROs a month. I mean, it was, I was in I could have spent a week there. I was in awe of that place the entire time and their restaurant. But no, when, you, when you've got it down the way that they do, and, and I'm sure that there's holes, and, but I didn't see them. It's, you know, and as we you know, we still got a long way to go. And I mean, that's the mindset. I mean, he's, I don't even know how far out he is ahead of everybody else he is. But all he kept on talking about was how much more opportunity there is and how much more opportunity that he sees. And we spent some time with these mobile service drivers because trying to figure out if they're writing all these ROs, how many of those vehicles, including commercial, you know, because he does a lot of commercial business and municipal business remote. And I'm sitting there thinking, those are the perfect, because they're just logic. Hey, that makes sense. I've got to recycle the fleets. How do we empower his mobile service drivers? And I was was a little apprehensive because I'm like, I wonder if they're going to, feel like I'm taking business away from them if they're telling what the car is worth. And I'll touch on that here in a second. But his team, his culture is so amazing that everybody was just so excited. And, oh, yeah, that'd be great. I would love that. Yeah, if if we could do that, that would be amazing if I could do one more thing. And they took us onto the trucks and, you know, the two different kinds, the one that has the tire, you know, mountain the one that does tires and brakes and that sort of thing. And then the other one, that's just, you know, basically oil change. They don't have oil extractors, but it was fascinating as they they were so transparent and just opened up and talked about what they like, what they don't like. You could tell there was just a crazy high level of trust there, but touching back on the uh, on the service drive and the advisor, what I have found, and I think this is very valuable for every service manager, service advisor specifically, is it's the timing and the cadence because there's, a lot of times I see the service drive acquisition, I see some friction. I think it's critically important that, and I tell every single dealership and and all of our performance managers, I said, there's nothing more important than when a client pulls up on the drive, as they're taking pictures, putting the hat tag on the the dash, you make sure to take them to the advisor and they get checked in, that RO gets opened. And you don't do anything else until that event occurs. (laughs) Because if not, sits out there, whose car is that? I don't know, they're calling people's names. Everybody's screaming to get the car moved. Where's the customer? Out looking at new car inventory. And that's the quickest way to alienate your service. If you're in sales, to alienate your service manager is to do that once or twice. And then they're going to say, look, we're done with this. So <clears throat> work it in concert, you've got to make sure that the service advisor gets it open. And then the second thing is, you're taking money out of my pocket. As a GM, dealer, owner, the most important thing I would say is that, and it's, Maybe once or twice you're going to take the car to the auction. And you might lose a little bit of money, but in the total aggregate, it's not even consideration of what you should do. If that service advisor sold the work and you end up taking it in that RO before it's closed, especially if it's warranty, you should go back to that service advisor, and they should get the the work that was sold, even though it's getting charged to the used car, and then they close that out as an internal instead of the internal recon team that said, like, "Oh, well, this is nice. Oh, yeah, it's got six lines on it. Oh, perfect, right?" And they didn't sell it, and it just was it was already you know, needed to happen to make the car CPO, that advisor that's on the drive needs to get that RO. So it takes a little bit of process work, but that's how, that's one of the many things to make it, make it work well.
1: Brian, final question for today. For our audience that's watching, we have obviously dealers, general managers, fixed ops service parts managers, used car reconditioning managers. Here we are in the middle of May looking out into the balance of the year. What advice would you give our audience today, looking forward into 2023, in terms of where we're headed and what we need to do to prepare for what's happening in our industry and how perhaps AccuTrade
0: can even give us an edge on that. Well, first of all, I'm gonna answer it with, with a lesson that I learned at Ed Robert's store. So I went out to dinner with his team the night before we did the dealership visit. I was looking for this holy grail, and I'm asking the use. crowd, I'm asking every leadership team member he has, what's the secret, what's this? You know, it's like I do it all the time, and I find, you know, similar answers and they're always so simple, basic. And his used car manager just kept saying the word trust. And I go, when you say that, what do you, you know, I'm like peeling it back and trying to get a crowbar out. And he, he said, look, here's the way it works. I trust my internal recon manager, and he trusts me. And I know that I'm not going to do him wrong, and he's not going to do me wrong. And I, and I thought to myself, I'm, you hmm. know, and Ed's just sitting there just grinning like a Cheshire cat. And I said, what do you think about that, Ed? He goes, I think you already know. <laughs> It makes it too complicated. You find the right people and you trust them and you empower them to do their job and do it well. He goes, That's how we get to an 11 hour, not 11 day uh, cycle time for used car reconditioning, life cycle management, photoed. And I had I sat there and tried to pick that apart with a few other people. And I, when I met his internal recon manager, I realized it became very clear. I didn't have to really look at the process or inspect it, it was instantly clear as to why that was. So Answering your question about AccuTrade, AccuTrade is not going to fix everybody's, it's it's not some magic uh, pill that's going to just fix everything for everyone. There's still work that needs to be done. Just like AI is not going to replace people because there's still things that it can't do and it can make some big mistakes if you don't go back and double check it as a human. But I will say that it enables everybody to appraise two, like you said, two to three or four times more cars off the service drive because it's a numbers game. And you've only got so much bandwidth and so much resources right now and it's going to get tighter in q3 and q4 everybody that i'm talking to at the oem level and the dealership level they're preparing for things to get a little bit tighter and it's going to be about getting efficient and it's going to be about not making mistakes and you know do you, whoever has the most data will win do you have a better idea which needs to be done on this vehicle so that you can either pay more for the right car or as kenny rogers says you know you're going to know when to fold them on the wrong car
1: Everybody, if you if you want to be prepared for what's happening in our industry and seek out the knowledge from Brian Kramer, because he's done the homework, he's doing it now, he's working with dealers, hundreds of dealers, perhaps more here in the United States with this AccuTrade process and best prepare your dealership, double or triple the amount of appraisals and empower your people. Brian's information is scrolling at the bottom of the screen. Brian, I see your email there. And I know you're also pretty accessible on, on social media. I've reached out to you a couple times on LinkedIn.
0: LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok,
1: YouTube. And Brian, uh, you know, one of the benefits for our audience in in working with you is that, you know, they have access to the latest and greatest, you know, what's happening in industry. And, you know, you continually challenge the status quo, if I can, you know, in our thought processes. So congratulations to you on the success of Accutrade. We'll, continue to follow it and follow you and we're very honored to have you with us today at the fixed ops round
0: thanks for having me it's an exciting time to just be in our business i love it brian kramer very
1: grateful to you brian kramer everybody from cars.com accutrade here today back at the 80s at the fixed ops round